This episode is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Join them, be them, are them, love them. It's the 40th century, and mankind has flung its brightest minds toward the heavens to unlock their celestial secrets. We, the science team of the USS Fireball analytical vessel, seek to determine what the very stars above us are made of. God damn it, Cole. For the last time, this ship is too small for you to keep doing that voice, and I'm going to fucking throw out that movie tape. (laughs) My my Carl Sagan tapes? No, Gary. Yeah, no. Listen, just can you just read the spectrometer? Um, Okay. Next star, uh, coordinate 420 minutes, 69 seconds. Okay, it appears that it's made of soy sauce, ginger crackers, and Pocky. The fuck is this otaku shit? Just give me the real reading. I'm not joking, dog. Just look. Screen. Here. Okay, okay. Oh, I'll be. Okay, okay. Let's just go. We've got a lot of stars in the system of catalog. Let's just keep going. Okay, all right. Just just so you know. Okay, so Dars, Puka, and Gari Gari Kun. Are you, like, are you making, like, listen, I know you're bored. Are you making fun of me? Who's no. this Gary Gary Coon? It's, I, 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 it's just what's in here, I guess. It's some kind of snack food. I, I've got no fucking idea. Okay, uh, let's right. see here. Next one, next one. Uh, Pinky, Milky, and Cherry Blossom Kit Kats. Cherry Blossom Kit Kats? They, yeah. that's, they made those? Apparently they made them, and they have, uh, like, green tea ones, too. It actually sounds delicious. Uh... Okay, next one here. Uh, Bakauke, Cream Colon, and Mushroom Mountain. <laughs> that's, the, that's the abject suffering summer of cum. It just lasts into the future. Yeah. I remember the last time I got some yeah. Mushroom Mountain next to the Cream Colon. Yeah, it's the uh, it's, it's it's the epoch of semen. Uh, oh. Let's see here. We are in the Tadpole Nebula, Gary. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, coming uh, next, uh, next here. Black Black, Crunky Kids, and Chaco, what? No, 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 no! Hold, hold on a second. Let, let's we we can't say that, dude. It's it's a it's a thing. Like I know, like I know that we we have the explicit tag, but that doesn't mean we want to get all lumped in fucking get, you, national front. I'm I, I am all I'm all for it. I'm just reading what's on the screen. Okay, I'm so sorry, but that's just Chaco, it's a thing that exists. Who Chaco babies? Ah, it's it's in the star. I rolled up uh, there. I guess I don't know. Uh, Okay, next one, next one. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Cheese Whiz, Pop-Tarts, and Twizzlers. Okay, all right. Hello, Comfort Zone. Yeah, I like those kind of snacks. Okay. Um, it, it, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, jeez. Yeah, shit, these rings are going out. Oh, man. Oh, we just narrowly missed a meteor made of Moco Moco Mocolate Toilet Candies and Eel Soda? It's like in the, the fucking Dishonored? Refreshing, I guess. I don't know. Like, uh, Wait, 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 wait a minute. Squid Sauce? What's, what does that mean? Enzim, no, Enzyme Butterfield, wait. You're never going to believe this. The, the star that you just pointed us to, it appears to, appears, let's see, it's made of writhing on fire skeletons. Oh my God. We found it, our place in the stars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's made for us. What are, Gary, you know what we have to do. And I do know what we have to do. Hey, listen, enough of this fussing in a feud and... Take my hand, buddy. Let's do this. Full steam ahead. Ah! 
Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, and for this episode, we are talking about Katamari Damacy, which is an art game? Like, a, yeah. like an arcade puzzle reflex? Yeah, it's, it's like Tony Hawk meets Cho and Nikki without the homosexuality stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, but it was developed and published by Namco for the PlayStation 2 in uh, 2004. Yeah, and it is uh, it is hard to describe, but singular once you do. Like it is, there's nothing really quite like it. Yeah. Um, in this game, you control this little tiny five centimeter tall prince of all cosmos, and you roll around something called a katamari, um, which kata uh, I think is clump. Yep. And and mari is soul. So you're, you're rolling around soul of the clump, yep. which is a, a, a sticky. Uh, it's my favorite clump sequel. Um, it comes before Christmas with the clumps and uh, yeah. Valentine's Day with the clumps. Well, yeah, cl- clump souls. We're going to be covering that for Bonfire Side Chat before <laughs> Dark Souls 3. Yeah, the, the clump souls. Dark Souls 3, clump souls. Where just Eddie Murphy just plays every every character. They do uh, mocap on them for like yeah. the Basilisk. Yeah. Like, um, and the, the, the one of the bosses is just that head from Meet Dave going down the highway. Um, you saw Meet Dave? I didn't see Meet Dave. I okay. just know the head is from Meet Dave. Yeah, okay. Um, I did. I think I did say see Holy Man though. Oh, I saw Holy Man. I was about to say, what's the most embarrassing Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy movie you've seen? And I was going to say Holy yeah. Man. I, I, the most embar- embarrassing Eddie Murphy movie I like um, is probably The Golden Child. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I kind of like that movie, but that's back really before. Young. So like, was that on like Comedy Central a lot when you were young? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I got that one. Like, yeah, they 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 aired that one in a very heavily censored version of uh, Coming to America. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. which oh, which yeah, is yeah, a legit yeah. great movie. Yeah, like, Coming to America is very funny. Yeah, a soul glow. Um, <laughs> so so the soul of the clump thing um, is a little tiny sticky ball that adheres anything smaller than it, mm-hmm. and then uh, as it it grows in size, it can you know roll up bigger and bigger things. Yeah, and uh, you control um, this thing with kind of dual stick tank controls. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you're doing this to kind of collect enough stuff to replace the stars that uh, that 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 fell out of the sky. And we're going to get to more of that later. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the uh, the story. That's the tell us about the plot. Yeah. Um. You can. There's kind of a, a penalty. You know, if if something bigger than you hits you or you run into something, you can knock items off your katamari and it gets smaller. Um. This will happen. It's pretty pretty difficult to avoid. Mm-hmm. You can also pick up weirdly, you know, kind of oddly shaped objects, usually um, like fences or fence posts. Pencils and, and stuff too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it makes your, your katamari go all wibbly-wobbly. Yeah, um, yeah, catawampus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like the, like what you can pick up is determined by both size and mass. Wampus of the clump. Yes. 
Uh, like Club Wumpus. Yeah. <laughs> I get knocked down. <laughs> oh, man. So um, this game plays with scale in a pretty cool way. I mean, and, and, and in some ways, that's kind of its key gimmick, at least in the gameplay side. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or theming, you know, like you're starting out like picking up these soy sauce packets and stuff and thumbtacks and ants. And then you're kind of, by the end, you're rolling up whole island cities. Yeah, and and bigger kind of mm-hmm. like the 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 two things this game is about um, is scale and momentum, mm-hmm. um, and momentum in both like the literal sense of the the feeling of movement of your katamari, mm-hmm. but also the kind of momentum in the curve of your your progression. Mm-hmm. You know, as you you know, the rich get richer. Yeah, in katamari, like the the bigger you get, like you're going to be growing size faster near the end. So the kind of curve of every level is like rolling downhill and gaining speed, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, these levels are a little bit like Tony Hawk stages where you have a limited amount of time and you have a specific goal, um, usually a size, but with a couple of variations. Yeah, on that. yeah. You're trying to hit that. And that rich get richer thing, like if you start out like at like five centimeters and it says, hey, get 30 meters when you're rolling up people, you know, obviously those last 15 meters kind of go pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really, it's in almost every level, it's really well curved where like you kind of feel like you're not going to make it and then you make it and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for one level that is really, really inexplicably hard. Yeah. Which, at least for me, like, we'll, we'll talk about it. I don't know if it was for you, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, I have a feeling it'll be around the same place, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is not, by and large, a hard game, you know? Mm. Like, there are some extra kind of goals you can go after. Like, in every level, there's a, you know, like a hidden royal present, you know, which is kind of rewarding you for getting into a hard-to-reach place. And these are... um these are kind of cosmetic rewards. I it's pre- fashion Mari. Yeah, it's fashion Mari. Um, yeah. I pretty much always stick with the jaunty white and blue scarf that you get because mm-hmm. fuck yeah, it looks great on that little guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is something they'll do more in the sequels too. Mm-hmm. Like they'll expand this aspect of it, but it's, it's pretty fun to, to play dress up. Yeah. Um, there's a two-player battle mode um, in which it's a, it's a split screen uh, vertically mm-hmm. or the, the split is a horizontal line. So I think that's split screen vertically. Um, what does I mean? It's one and on top the, of the other. Yeah, yeah, it's one on top of the other, and then it's just a race, though. Mm-hmm. Like you exist in the same same arena, but you're trying to see who can make the biggest katamari in yeah. three minutes. And you can like knock uh, pieces off of the other ones katamari, but that is not usually that big of a big of a you know sidetrack for you. Yeah, you're not using your time well. Yeah, then like it's it's better to work on your own katamari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the thing that sticks out most for, you know, most for me, like the gameplay is pretty good. Like I like the tank controls. Um, I don't like the later, um, the later entries in the series that kind of stray away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I, I picked up uh, touch my Katamari, the PS Vita one uh, on a recent sale. And uh, that's pretty fun. Um, it's more Katamari, which great. But um, you know, when they turn it into like a WASD and mouse look kind of thing, it loses a little bit of its charm. Uh, but mm-hmm. the thing that kind of sticks out for most people on this is the is the aesthetic, right? Yes. You know, the fact that this thing is wrapped up in, you know, just this kind of really arty uh, kind of uh, wrapper. It's kind of like, you know, Parappa the Rapper a little bit. Insofar it's, wrapped, it's, in, it's wrapped up in Parappa the Rapper? Yeah. Like yep. with a W? <laughs> yep. I like the idea of Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, it's that Lou Reed song. What do you feed me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and as i alluded to before like go and listen to the uh to the abject suffering about uh cho and nikki where we absolutely absolutely love that game because of its kind of delightfully charming light-hearted positive tone yeah you know? yeah it's just like this game like that game is a celebration you yeah. um which is can go a long way it's also the kind of game that uh lesser people 
are going to and and I'm saying this uh, as a disclosure, saying this before reading anyone's mm-hmm. responses. So please don't take this personally if you later, you know, you wrote in and you said this. But I, I feel like it's a mark of kind of like lack of imagination when people are like, what kind of drugs were they smoking when they made this game? You know, I don't like that. Yeah, it's, I don't. It's like I don't, X on yeah. acid. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's really frustrating. And it's like I find as I've grown up and this I don't mean this to be any kind of like mark of pride or or a brag thing but like a lot of art i've been into people have had that attitude about Mm -hmm. and every time it has always been like mammothly off the mark yeah like in high school and this is in as an adult this seems like a very quaint attitude but in high school being into they might be giants Mm -hmm. like a lot of kids were like man these guys you know this song's weird these guys must have been on some drugs and just (laughs) like how how sad is that like you can't like conceptualize innocent gleeful imagination Mm -hmm. without a you know ascribing a chemical yeah. influence to it like that's weird it's and like weird on steroids me. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's like weird on crack with a midget on top yo um, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right i'm that guy now um <laughs> yeah yeah but this has like the the the, the director uh for, for for this uh what's what's his name uh keita takahashi he has like a whole list of influences on this like this is yeah. like this comes from a place yeah it it is a unified it's not like but it's it's not like this is his grand statement on loneliness or anything <laughs> no it's just a, it's a, it comes from an aesthetic place more than an artistic one mm-hmm. i would say like it's an aesthetic statement yeah um which is really valuable like that is really really cool and it is a unified aesthetic statement mm-hmm. and uh and is just kind of goofy in a way that i think is impossible not to like mm-hmm. um i had this idea i never did it but i had an idea for a tweet when we were doing this where i was like you know katamari damasi like Controls five out of ten, you know. <laughs> graphics six out of ten, uh, you know. One thousand out of ten overall. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is. It is this like, you know, it is impossible not to like. Yeah. Um, a lot of that comes from the soundtrack. <laughs> um, I would have oh, been really boy. curious of what the soundtrack showdown would have looked like <laughs> if this was part of it. I mean, that's part of like the, the the design of the soundtrack showdown. I left Rock Band out of it, and I explicitly stopped it before Katamari Damacy because. Well, I guess we thought that uh, we thought that Jet Set Radio was going to go further than it did. This is a better soundtrack than Jet Set Radio. Oh, for sure. Like, I love the Jet Set Radio soundtrack, but, like, this is composed. Like, it's mm-hmm. not licensed music that's just really well used, mm-hmm. which some of Jet Set Radio is. Yeah. But this is just, this was made for this. Yeah. And and, uh, and it's 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 wonderful. Like, I, I, I kind of shy away from using the word eclectic because that kind of is the descriptor used to describe the music played on NPR stations. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this pulls from all kinds of influences and like this is recorded stuff like yeah. this isn't like video gamey music by and large like there's a little bit of electronic stuff in there but like this is like jazz and samba and just kind of pulled together from again from all these different sources to make like you know the, these are songs that were that were recorded in a studio oftentimes like analogly yeah. <laughs> right like, and it's not, like actual yeah. compositions and you know musical performances and it's not just like jazz or samba, which I would get kind of bummed out about. Like it would be it's like, oh, I don't want to play a fucking Donkey Kong Country game. <laughs> like it's got lots of sambas in it. It's this weird fusion of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the songs sound like crosses between two different genres. And the way that like the magic is kind of where how they work together. Um, the, the most infamously, the uh, the main theme of this, which is one of the catchiest, like you know, it's up there with like the Super Mario Brothers first level music, you know, as just catchy lyrics. This, you know, na 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 na. Um, <laughs> one of the cool things about that is the guy who uh, made it used to do scratch tracks. Hmm. Um, he would record these little vocal scratch tracks, and rather than re-record that, he left it in. Na, na, 
<laughs> so that little like that's literally him doing that was that was the melody occurring to him and him recording it on like a pocket tape recorder. Yeah. And then he just incorporated it into the actual theme. Yeah, like the, like that raw recording is what plays when you open up the uh, when you open up the game. Yeah. You know, over the Namco logo, like the production credit stuff. Mm. And that, that same na 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 Like that, that serves as kind of a theme for most of the songs in the game. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's great. And just like the, 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 the making of this too. Like, you know, they have all these uh, vocalists, right? The, these well-known Japanese singers that they sought out specifically because nobody had heard anything from them in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Pulp Fiction, like getting uh, Travolta. Yep. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can get this kind of uh, borrowed feeling mm-hmm. from from that. Yeah, it's really awesome. Which you know, they're great vocalists. Like we don't have the context for that. Like we don't have any nostalgia around any of these voices. But uh, it just it kind of contributes to the weirdness of it mm-hmm. for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Um, this game was developed for less than a million dollars, which sounds nuts. Yeah. Me. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, very, very cheap. And it was, um, you've got to hear as kind of a parenthetical, you're not sure. It was a budget release Yep. Um, when it first came out. I bought this uh, when it first came out and played through it in one night with my ex-wife. <laughs> um, just because I read about it. I'm like, yep, that's, I'm going to go to Walmart and go buy that right now. This is worth and $20 it, to me. Yeah, this is 100% worth it. And it, and it was, and it turned out to be one of my favorite, favorite things. I feel pretty bad because I did the same thing, except I was working at GameStop at the time. And mm. um, I checked it out. <laughs> never buy a new game from GameStop that it doesn't have the shrink wrap because somebody who works there has played it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just my blanket statement for that. But uh, uh, they have got my money eventually. Yeah, which is good. And then it's got my money now multiple times because now that I bought it on PSN mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah, you can play it anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like just that <laughs> that kind of constraint, you know, imagining any game being made for $1 million, even one that is like crowdfunded. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this would be like what a man. What would this game be like if it came out in the age of Kickstarter? Like this would have been a runaway success. Mm-hmm. You know, if this concept didn't exist and someone just did like a demo of it, like mm-hmm. this would have been huge. Yeah, you know, this would have would have burned the you know green light to the ground. I would be really curious because you know the the director for this uh, Takashi, he like is like away from games. He doesn't want yeah. to do that anymore because Namco burned him out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it did it because it's like obvious, like it's not that big of a stretch to think that Namco, one of the biggest you know game companies in the world, is not the most welcoming place for this kind of weirdo auteur yeah. who kind of wants to make non games. I don't know if you played very much Nobi Nobi Boy. I did, um, but it's way less of a game than this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I hate saying something isn't a game, but it's less like this is gamier than that. Yeah, I guess, and uh, and him just wanting to move in this weirder, weird kind of direction with this unified aesthetic. Yeah, it wasn't a good place for him. Yeah, but like that simplicity, like the fact that this had four kind of design pillars, novelty, ease of use, or sorry, ease of understanding, enjoyment, and humor, and the fact that they proactively ignored, and those are, you know, Takashi's uh, actual words, proactively ignored Namco wanting him to make it more complex. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it, the, his... His uh, history with the company is really interesting when we, because we'll talk a little bit about the sequels, I think, mm-hmm. um, in this. And the only one he actually worked on is the second one, right? Um, mm-hmm. which he didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to do any sequels. And and I think the, you know, the, the, the kind of final log line for the sequels to Katamari Damacy is that this is a game that had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Like you hear like nowhere to go, but up like yep. this, had, there's nothing more you can really do with this idea. Like, yeah. Here's a, here's a perfect expression of it. I think the second one is slightly better just because it adds a little bit more variety mm-hmm. and then also adds a little bit of BS too. Mm-hmm. So like 
you know, and, and every time I've, I've played it, like, yes, it's more Katamari. It might look a little prettier and there are new songs and stuff, but there's not very much that happens. And it's telling that the second game is about fans like clamoring for more yep. and getting it in the worst possible way. <laughs> um, so you can really tell like he was fucking over it, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. He's like, well, fine, you vultures. Like, here's your more Katamari for you. <laughs> Roll your asses up. <laughs> and what's funny about that, like just uh, if, we're, if we're talking about the sequels, um, I, I, I played We, we Heart Katamari, uh, which was the last one he worked on. Um, and then I didn't play any of them until I, until I picked up the Vita and did uh, um, oh, Touch My Katamari which um, is, again, it's a good game. It's more Katamari, whatever. It's just on a Vita. But the entire story is that uh, the king thinks he's gotten lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, oh, I've gotten, I've gotten soggy around the middle. Go collect stars so that you can feed them to me and I can become more powerful and please the fans and assure that I'm not resting on my laurels anymore. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, the one, one of the things, like it's hard to say, like you should buy Katamari for whatever system you have access to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a lot of things we're going to say in this episode will just apply to all of the sequels, more or less, um, with a couple weird little things that are unique. Like, it's got that. The PS3 version is in high res and has these kind of, like, neat-looking graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, the PSP, the first PSP version, not the Vita version, um, the ending credits is done over a side-scrolling level. Oh, like, nice. doing Katamari through, like, a Super Mario, like an 8-bit Katamari. Mm. And that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's the ending credits. You still have to get through the game to get there. It's not, you know... Um, it's and the your actual game is not that different. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And and luckily, like the weird thing about Kanari is they keep doing it. And the reason they keep doing it is because there is no like we're not gonna see knockoffs of this. Like <laughs> right. the concept of of these kind of like tracking an object by size, weight, and temperature and then building on it is patented. Yeah, they so eternal it's like the eternal darkness. darkness. Yeah, exactly. The eternal darkness fucking patent. Mm-hmm. Which um, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Like, it's I don't want a bunch of Katamari clones, yeah, neither do I. but I would be curious, like if you sat down a bunch of thing and did like a Katamari jam, like what kind mm-hmm. of games would come out of it? Like use this concept and do different things with it. Yeah. I don't believe that like there's literally nothing else to do with it. Mm-hmm. If you give it to enough, like enough monkeys with enough typewriters, Yeah, you know, but it, it doesn't bother me that much that this Katamari is Katamari. Again, it has, it's like one of those things that has it's useful enough, like, like, uh, like a definite enough appeal or a universal enough appeal. Like yeah. this almost didn't come here and just by sheer dint of like gameplay footage around the time of it being shown in, in Japan and uh, like its popularity at trade, show, trade shows and stuff like that got enough interest for them to release it here. Initially it was contingent upon how well it did in Japan, which they didn't like it didn't do great over yeah. in Japan. Like it never sold really well, but it's well regarded enough as like a feather in Namco's cap that like the 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 prince has become kind of a mascot, like up there with Pac-Man a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. The um yeah and 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 I I dig that. I'm happy because mm-hmm. uh I I really love it. One of the weird things I noticed when playing it this time around is that uh because I, I talked about it if it had come out during Kickstarter, like this game's weirdly ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. If you start thinking of it in terms of like shitty YouTube bait games. Yep. Like this would have been, if you could have put half the amount of love and work into this mm-hmm. and put it out and your PewDiePies would have played the shit out of it. Like it would have been like Goat Simulator. Mm-hmm. They would have played it a bunch just because it's goofy and, and random. Yeah. And, and but instead of doing that, they actually made a really good game, uh, <laughs> you know, that transcends that. But this is this is very much a game of the now. Like mm-hmm. I am very surprised that your PewDiePies don't do like a 
let's play of, of Katamari. Yeah, just you so know, they like can talk about like make make funny jokes and yell into the camera about what yeah, they just or mostly up. to scream into yep. the camera, like just <laughs> just like if you you know, picture the future and just like a t- close in shot of PewDiePie's face just screeching at you until you die. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's just every morning you wake up, he's an inch away from your nose. Every time you use the bathroom, every time you go to sleep, like he's just right there, just like yeah, 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 PewDiePie, <laughs> like just screaming into you. <laughs> Um, yeah well I mean uh, to to, to be a little bit more charitable it definitely is ahead of its time because I mean it feels like it transmits easy right like I had an experience today waiting in lunch you know waiting in line for lunch at work and uh, I was talking with somebody and we were like showing each other games on our iPhones right Mm -hmm. just by like oh check out the way this looks like check out the way this works have you played this have you played that and like that's kind of the way the Katamari spread a little yeah. bit like the, the, the way that it, that it accumulated like anything that it touched uh like people were immediately stuck to it right yeah yeah like you know again at the GameStop that i worked at we put it in the demo unit up at the front and people played it and then turned around and said how much is that 20 dollars and bought it yeah <laughs> you know it is it is well worth your 20 dollars oh and gosh. now it's 10 dollars yeah it's well worth your 10 dollars if only the PS4 was backwards compatible um, <laughs> properly and you it didn't have their weird streaming service that has like six games that you rent for $3 yeah, for, for the three same, hours. Yeah, yeah, for three. Exactly. Um, mm. ugh. So yeah. it is if you have a PS3, it is incredibly easy to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, I don't have a plot outline written here, but I can go off the dome. Like the setup is super easy. Yeah. <laughs> like I can just say this. You got this crazy eccentric guy named the King of All Cosmos um, who uh, uh, is abusive to his son and he gets super drunk and uh, stumbles around and knocks all the stars out, all, and, all the stars and, and out of this guy. <laughs> well, no, emotionally and, abusive. Like he tells him he yeah. shouldn't exist and like constantly makes fun of him for his size. Like well, he physically con- abuses. Like I guess that's oh, later. Yeah. It doesn't happen as much in this one, but that kind of re- uh, recurring thing of when you don't meet his size <laughs> demands and he harms you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, here he just scares you. Like it's like this is uh, like in some ways a game about emotional abuse. Yeah, which I'm saying with a smile on my face because it's manifested like humorously here. No, no, and... no. Write a write a polygon think piece about it. <laughs> like the, the, I'm sure that you know you can you can stretch it. <laughs> Peace magazine, here I come. <laughs> um, Medium. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, he gets uh, drunk. This isn't in the American version, but it's the canonical version. Knocks all the stars out of this guy and conscripts you uh, uh, to uh, go out and do the job for him, even though he will dress you down for underperforming constantly. Yeah, he he only seems to kind of care. Yep. About the end goal of what you're doing, mm-hmm. like you almost get the sense that he's just keeping you busy. <laughs> like not like so I don't know what he would be doing instead, but like it is just kind of like you go do that, and every time you check in. He's he's really absent minded, mm-hmm. you know. Like it is not he's not passionate about this stuff. Yeah. Um, the king of all cosmos is cosmos is worth talking about. Like this design of this kind of like you know just real man with with really amazing tights <laughs> and this kind of long cylindrical horizontal head mm-hmm. um, is a really striking, awesome design. Yeah. And tons I've seen like a lot of really good Halloween costumes and the like. Of uh, the King of All Cosmos. My favorite thing about uh, his progression throughout the series is that his cod piece gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> as it goes along and the camera starts like uh, canting down lower and lower and doing foreshortened perspective on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It is. It's make way for Dark Dad. <laughs> 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 but, um, 
I just his mannerism it's so, is so great. I'm not sure like what kind of localization that had to go through or if his characterization is any different uh, kind of internationally. But the fact that he kind of has this, you know, semi Shakespearean prose and, you know, the fact that he dips into and out of different languages and, you know, finds so many different creative ways to just make you feel like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like he really sticks out. Like he's kind of one of my favorite game characters because of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 really wonderful. Um, like if there was ever like, again, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2050, <laughs> I want the King of All Cosmos to be either the villain or lead the team. Um, he's, yeah. he's really fantastic. I also like when they when they go kind of like hyper detailed on him, like those uh, SpongeBob or uh, um, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy close up kind of things. Yeah, they, they they go crazier with that later on in the series. Again, not to just keep talking about the Vita, but his texture. It's kind of like a, his face texture is kind of like a golden eye photo skin a little bit mm. <laughs> and you're you're always like right up in it as it kind of semi semi animates as he moves his mouth it's super unnerving because of that yeah 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 so so this game starts out you get that little story you also get this weird little just startup cinematic that's just like getting you pumped <laughs> for it um with the king and the prince and like like random like the the hardest job of doing this podcast is going to be expressing how many random things happen in this without anyone who doesn't know the game dismissing it as like a little random nonsense yeah like oh here are ducks falling from the sky here's like you know trumpets coming in at odd angles and stuff but it just works mm-hmm. like it is it is too good-hearted to be cynical yeah. in a way that's that's gross yeah um and it's just and the music together with it it just you know it just it makes you feel good and succeeds at it yeah like it all kind of like glosses over each of the individual individual details you kind of dart from one to the other like oh mm-hmm. there's a photorealistic mallard popping in from the side of the from the you know, from the side of the frame that's pretty cool but you're like before you can kind of question it you look at something else and yeah. it does like it like it all just kind of adds up to this kind of just all to like oh this just feels good and is fun it never underlines the joke right like it's never like see what we did there like mm-hmm. that never happens in this series. Mm-hmm. Like it will make jokes, but it always moves on quick enough. Yeah. And just trust the the player to to think it's funny or get past it. <laughs> and it's weird to take something that, you know, like all all the things we just said about this and then turn around and call it like kind of not not bare or spartan, but like not indulgent in that mm-hmm. way. Like that that the, the 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 lack of a dwelling on 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 what it's doing and the fact that it's so willing to move on to the next one kind of just gives you the hint that there's just this like bottomless well of creativity that they're just ready to move on to the next thing so quickly yeah yeah it's great and part of that like one of the reasons why they can do that is it's not a very long game mm-hmm. so it like never outstays its welcome mm-hmm. which is really super cool um you get this very basic tutorial uh on rolling um that the king gives you and you get a good sense of his you know condescending manner um that we talked about um we should probably talk about the controls a little bit yeah uh so it's it's dual analog sticks as tank controls, similar to like virtual on, if you've ever played that game in the arcades. Yeah. Um, with a couple of weird special moves, uh, you can jump to get kind of a bird's eye view of your area, mm-hmm. which is marginally useful. Um, you can stop and look around, which I didn't do a lot of. Mm. Um, like, but it's you can do it if 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 you want to. Like, I just tended to roll around yeah, rather too. than stop and look around. Yeah. Um, and then there's this dash thing, mm-hmm. which th- I think that the the function. For activating the dash, I wish it was easier. Me too. Like that felt really persnickety to me mm-hmm. um, and got, you know, had a couple moments of frustration. Um, and it's flicking the the analog sticks up and down 
Um, but there's both no, the same time. there's no horizontal tolerance to it. Like yeah. your, your inclination when you're doing it, like it requires you to do it, you, it requires you to do it pretty quickly. And when you do that, you kind of go side to side and you wiggle a little bit, um, and waver and that, yeah. that, that tends to put you off true. And so you just find yourself kind of moving left and right as opposed to, um, actually making any kind of progress. Yeah. And when you, when you do it, you kind of skid in place like Sonic. Before you, before you dash up and a lot of times dashing up a hill or something means you're just going to bounce off of something at the top of it and have to do it again too mm-hmm. like it's not actually that useful yeah. um, and then you can also flip sides of the Katamari which is very useful yeah. um, in case you get cornered mm-hmm. um, it's not yeah. strictly tank stuff like if you push both sticks right or left you will move horizontally like you'll do a strafe which is yeah. which is nice, and you know part of what it does, you know, as you're kind of between size categories, like it kind of ratches up. Like there, like there are notches that you hit on the size, and as you get towards the top of one, um, and the camera is still uh, stuck in at the like as though you were at the smaller size, the catamari gets harder to maneuver. Yeah. You know, um, and so it kind of plays around with how finicky that is. I think that that's why I like the old school tank controls more than what they kind of introduced later on. Hmm. Yeah, the last one I played still had the tank control. Hmm. So the you know the the PSP version does. Yeah. Um, it just uses the uh, the D pad and the the face buttons. Oh, that sounds awful to do. Yeah, it's, I mean it's a, it's a little tricky. Yeah. Um, to uh to do it, but it at least it's not uh whatever this new version is that I don't I'm not familiar with. I feel like I played the Xbox 360 version, but I don't hmm. remember very much about how it controlled. Yeah. I don't remember controlling that differently. I like I played um, it briefly at a friend's. Yeah, and I think I played the iOS version too, but I don't remember very much about that. I think yeah. it uses virtual pad, so that's mm-hmm. no good. Yep. <laughs> um, nobody likes those. No. Um, after you get through this, you're introduced to this kind of hub world, um, which you have your access to your options, your save, and your little uh, your versus mode and your your dressing room mm-hmm. for things. But you can just click a button to fly over to this other world that mm-hmm. is your stage select. Yeah, which is which is Earth, right? Yeah. You're down there. I love the music in the uh, in, in the stage select. Like we're gonna get yeah. there. I'm dropping markers so you can put the stuff in, Gary. I'm <laughs> counting on you. But like any of these like super chill acoustic guitar kind of things. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, I'm down with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, mu- the music is uniformly good. I'm going to end up using a lot of the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, except for whatever Cole's favorite song is. Leave that <laughs> the uh, oh, well, all that does is make it so I don't say what my favorite is. Oh. Well, we'll see. We'll uh, see if. Yeah. You know. uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do any of that. Yeah. The um. So the stage select usually it's pretty linear. You just have to go in order. Mm-hmm. Very every once in a while you'll have an option of two stars mm-hmm. to go through. But to beat the game you have to do all of them. Yeah. So it only kind of matters. You know which order you do them in. Mm-hmm. It's just it's kind of an anti-frustration feature where like you can bounce off of one. Yeah. Um, but since they don't get hard until about two thirds the way through the game anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Again, momentum. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're starting with a uh, make a star number one. Come to Valley, do your best. T-shirts, hey! 
And uh, each of these stages kind of has uh, different classifications. You start out either in house or in the town or in the world, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, very much, you know, you are working at very small scale inside the house for these first couple of mega stars. Yeah. And this one is unique in that it doesn't give you a time limit. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, roll around until you get to this size. So this is still kind of part of the tutorial. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, so you, the music you'll hear in the background now, the, uh, <laughs> the Katamari on the Rocks, which is the, the main theme, and is a good way to open it up and is wonderful. Yep. Um, it's but the, it, it gets, it's the it gets you with, uh, with intense percussion. Yeah. Yep. Get, get you going. Mm -hmm. And you're just sent to, to roll around. Yep. Um, like lots of de debris and little bits of, you know, tacks and erasers and, and things like that. <laughs> um, the individual things are going to be a little bit like harder to bring up. A little bit. Noted. I guess it should be like one of the things that is cool about this is the way that things are. They're laid out in lines like Tony Hawk. Mm hmm. Like there are like, here's a line of tacks. If I follow them, they might lead into the next biggest thing that I can do. Mm -hmm. You know, so there are these little like similar like grind lines in Tony Hawk that you can just kind of search out. But it also is just kind of fun to see the way the denizens of this world have laid out <laughs> mundane objects in really artful Busby Berkeley ways. <laughs> you know, like somebody took these soy sauces and fanned them out like a flower. Yep. And, uh, and you're just going to go through and ruin it. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of weirdly, you know, kind of weirdly beautiful. I love the uh, like kind of the depravity of the of the house levels specifically because you got this guy you know like p part of the charm of this is once you get bit you like you don't see the bigger bigger picture until you're big enough but uh, but, but like this whole room is so messy because you just have this guy who is playing like dominoes or mahjong smoking at the dining room table yeah <laughs> like this guy's living in squalor yeah like literal like insects uh huh you know in like like lots of living creatures snails like i can understand ants like yeah stuff happens but snails come on yeah you, you don't get snails <laughs> like <laughs> that'd be man that'd be fucking disgusting <laughs> Just like, like, sna look. snails are the next horror monster like i'm telling you there's already that slither movie but like snails is like because because they leave that evidence like they mm -hmm. leave that fucking snail trail mm -hmm. and just like that's that's a good like somebody you know wakes up they keep finding snail trails until like one day they wake up and they find a really big one that leads just to their door and it's open <laughs> you know like you could you could do a lot of shit with snails <laughs> the snail trails just make instructions on the wall <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like it spells out your name <laughs> yep. you know G like gary third street midnight yeah, it's just a picture of a skull <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Snail romancer after you, somebody with power over snails. Like a, a muska muska mancer. <laughs> I, I knew a guy, and I'll leave his name out of this. Um, but he uh, he had an STD, which was called uh, it was like muskacellum or something like that. Oh no! Did and his, uh, did his dick grow not, shells? <laughs> um, yeah, like, like just those little football helmets yeah. that you get out of. 25 cent machines uh-huh like just on the head of his, his dick but he he always called it snail dick because uh because it was because it was called like muscacellum he's like yeah i gotta go to the doctor for my snail dick that's like Ugh. that poor guy i'm sorry i made a joke no it's, it's okay he had a he had a sense of humor about it okay you know and huh. eventually hey free shells <laughs> <laughs> there will be shells if god wills it yep yeah <laughs> but yeah. uh the, so we should talk about like rolling up living things because mm -hmm. that's a thing in this game. Yeah, the, this annoys me actually. So there will be an alarm that sounds when there's a moving thing behind you, right? To let yeah. you know, like, hey, move around because stuff that moves it's kind of in a higher weight class than you are, and yes. if it runs into you, like especially cats will come, you know, running after you to bat you away, and that's a super cute. 
um, and and be kind of a hazard because it'll you know knock mass off of your katamari. Um, but uh, but yeah, you have to be um, bigger than you think you would need to be in order to roll up something like a snail or an ant. Yeah, there, there's some like it's not it's it's not strictly following the rules when it comes to like what you can roll up. You also run into this with the barriers between zones. Yeah. Like they'll be like, you know, you must be one meter to get past this. And there are little cones that like you could clearly roll up if they weren't part of this barrier. Mm -hmm. But the barrier is just an arbitrary block. There are a couple of things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, when you hit something living, there's an intermediate stage where you can't just roll it up. You have to stun it Mm -hmm. and it flies off you and it usually goes behind you. Yep. So if you're working on a line, you have to kind of turn back and pick it up. Yeah. On the, the kind of counterbalance that Things that are living tend to be among the bigger things you can roll up. Mm-hmm. So you usually get a pretty good size boost yeah. from rolling them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, once you actually get to the town, it like eventually becomes like you just roll a bunch of miscellaneous shit and then it becomes <laughs> this person car tree <laughs> ramp and then you're you're golden. Yep. Yep. Until so, like, you know, so that that intermediate step goes away if you're sufficiently big enough. Right? Yeah. So if you're if you're roughly in the same size class, you have to knock them over. But uh, but otherwise, it's smooth sailing as you pro- progress from kids to adults. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> from from cats to kids to adults. Yep. The, the classic cartoon hierarchy. <laughs> Gangster octopus. The um. <laughs> um. But uh. But yeah, getting those things is harder. Um, and eventually once you hit this, like you have, uh, like I love the UI in this game cause it's relatively sparse, right? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of what it tries to present to you and that's keeping a lot of data behind the scenes. Like at the end of it, at the end of a level, it'll tell you what you collected the most of and it will name the star accordingly. But in the middle of a, in the middle of a level, you have kind of a, a silhouette of your Katamari against kind of the, the high watermark it wants you to hit. And you also have like a little profile picture of your guy moving down on the right hand corner. Yeah. And if you hit start, it will say your Katamari is as big as, mm-hmm. and then it gives you kind of a random measurement. So it'll be yeah. like, you know, 200 thumbtacks or like, you know, four traffic cones mm-hmm. or something like that. Like this, the the kind of the conversions are, are randomized. It should also be, um, you know, we're spending more time on this first level than we'll spend on the later levels um, because I want to point out uh, the awesome variety of objects mm-hmm. that are in this game. That's another part of the game that's so fun is that there are just hundreds of things you know, like there's just a really, really wide variety of things to roll up. Yeah. That exist. And like one of the things that like almost qualifies as poignant is after you you complete a level and the the king says, like, my earth the earth sure is full of things mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's just like, you know what, that's true. Yep. <laughs> like I I don't know why that's kind of sad, but it is. It is, yeah. Um yeah. I'm I'm looking around, yeah. I've got pens, dry erase markers, speaker, bell, all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah there's just stuff. These are the Everyone things is. I know I know. These are the things I know. Yeah, we're full of stuff. Yeah, we're all made of stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stars are all made of us. Indeed. Bah, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he pretty much says that the whole time. Like, there's there, there's a rhythm to what the, what the king does, right? In the introductions, yeah. he greets you in some kind of different language. Um, and he says, oh, you would love, you know, the you would love Spain. Maybe you'll get there when you're doing your rolling, but ha probably not. Um, yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> like, every single time. Yep. Um, and at the end, he, uh, he kind of, uh, evaluates your Katamari and you see what it's made up of. And then he whisks you back to your home planet via the Royal Rainbow. Yes. Which comes out of his mouth. <laughs> and it's like, it's like the bridge to Asgard, um, and just sucks you up into, uh, where he evaluates your, your star and it plays very peaceful music. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, it is, uh, you know, and, and for a long time, when I first played this, I thought there wasn't a way to gain his approval. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that joke was that he always found your star wanting. Um, but then as I got a little bit better at it, like there is a way to not yeah. impress him, but get grudging respect. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 goal is definitely the bare minimum, and he will he will kind of say yes, but you really only did what I told you to do, like a like a terrible yeah. boss. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, how many pieces of flair do you think are, <laughs> you know, should you actually have? <laughs> how many pieces um, of flair are in your katamari? Yeah. <laughs> um, so on to make a make a star two. Which is very similar, um, different music. Uh, the Moon and the Prince is the song here. Yep, um, it's kind which of a is nice. Piano remix rap kind of thing, which mm-hmm. uh, which is which ding, is delightful. Ding, 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 ding. You, <laughs> um, yeah, that is that's that's real good. And then uh, this is the first level with a present mm-hmm. in it. So uh, you have this little optional goal to try to find. And those are usually hidden, kind of like little humorous situations. Yeah, um, there are like little weird little bits of like bonfire side chat ask environmental storytelling where you'll <laughs> yeah. come across a situation and it's like oh this guy's holding court to a bunch of cockroaches and one of them <laughs> is holding a you know a balloon you yep. know and then like one of them will have the present under them or something like that mm-hmm. like usually the quirkiest situation that's going on in the world is the thing that hides the present yeah and that's kind of like one of the complaints i have about the game actually is because the camera is so pinned to the uh to the katamari and kind of looking down at like a 30 degree angle so you can see the floor mm-hmm. which i mean that helps you uh, you know see what you're going to roll up because everything is going to be smaller than you that you can actually go after like it's hard to get a good sense of what the environments are so like identifying those it like it was a little bit beyond me even on like a second playthrough or whatever like it's it's cool that you're eventually like you're below this and then you're above it and you, and you can see it, but in the middle of a in the middle of a match, it's hard to seek those things out. Yeah, you, you find them more when you you they're easier to find at bigger scales. Yep, like the the medium scale, like the going around town, like one meter and smaller scale. Mm-hmm. It's it's easiest to find those, and it's impossible to see them once you start rolling around towns mm-hmm. and and destroying them. And it's really hard to see them at this small scale as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, this kind of continues. Like, this is a game room kind of thing. Um, I think this mm-hmm. is where the guy who's uh, who's listlessly smoking is. Um, and uh, this is this is kind of the uh, the first area where you're after you get uh, above a, a particular size, you can break into a new part of the map. Uh, so if you're mm-hmm. above uh, ten centimeters, you can you can kind of roll outside. Um, and, uh, again, see some of these new things like, uh, like a guy golfing in the yard, which will, the, mm-hmm. the ball will hit you or, uh, um, uh, the fact that all the TVs are trained on you. Yeah. <laughs> a little Katamari cam. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you get the, through this as 20 centimeters in six minutes is your goal. Um, still pretty easy to do. Yeah. And afterwards you get like the closest thing to a storyline <laughs> in this game, these weird little cutscenes. That look like they're like to me. They look like Devo nightmares. Like, they look like uh, Bougie Bougie Boy or Bougie Boy from from Devo. Yeah, 
Um, there's this kind of like weird masked children that are not masked, but just these weird square shaped. Yeah, they're like kind of cubic. Like they've got cube heads, and the yeah. voiceover delivery is like supernaturalistic. Like it sounds like they got actual yeah. little kids, like people who didn't know how to do VO, which yeah, totally adds to the effect. It makes it sound very otherworldly. They're very, they're very weird. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, the kids are watching like a giant robot show, uh, a Sentai show. And a news report chimes in about the stars falling from the sky, um, and they, you know, dispassionately tell their mother who doesn't believe them. <laughs> mother, mother, the stars are falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. would have told us that. Like, it is it is very, very, like, it's very off and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> like, for, for how geometric the shapes on the, like, the, the designs of these things are, um, the, the, the style is really painterly also. Like, it kind of looks like it was done frame by frame in pastel a little bit. yeah. Yeah, and they're all overly made up. Mm-hmm. Like they're all wearing like rouge, so they look <laughs> a little bit like dolls. Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, so you're on to make a star three. This one, you have 50 centimeters and eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell if you want to see the kind of the curvature of the game, you know, the last one, it was six minutes and 20 centimeters. Mm-hmm. This one is eight minutes and 50 centimeters. You're getting two additional minutes for 30 additional centimeters. Yeah. Like, yes, you start a little bit bigger, but that goes to show this whole like later, you know, you're going to gain size more rapidly as you go. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit uh, like, like, I'm sure there's some math to this, right? Like the fact that, oh, you are progressing in volume, you know, in cubes as opposed to squares, right? Yeah. Like that, that probably has something to do with it. Yeah, uh, quadratic versus linear or something like that. Yeah. This has one of yeah. my favorite songs in the game. <laughs> this yeah. uh, this kind of uh, kind of anything can happen jazz, uh, gin and tonic and red, red roses. Uh, yeah, that's with, why it's with, not going to be on the podcast. God so. damn it. <laughs> I said yeah, I wasn't uh, going to say it. No. Yeah, no. I know. You, you posted it on Facebook, so I knew anyway. Yeah. You played right <laughs> in my trap. Damn it. Um, um, but uh, but it's great. It's great to hear a Japanese take on like something that's kind of, you know, American in a way. The the, the, the yeah. scat jazz kind of thing. Um, yeah. you're, 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 in this level, you're kind of breaking out. This is the first town level that you're into. Um, and you're yep. going from the backyard into, uh, into the alley with this, uh, sushi stand and all of kind of the, 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 the food that people have dropped nearby. Yeah. 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 Tons and tons of food. You're also introduced to the little fiddler cra- crabs. <laughs> I'd love these um, things. Here, we're going to make a, those things are going to be a big, a big part of the next level mm-hmm. we go to. Um, and these little symbol monkeys, which I really like, mm-hmm. like I've always been creeped out by one of those things, like that terrible monkey shines movie, like the cover <laughs> of it always spooks me out, even though it has nothing to do with, with that little symbol monkey. Uh-huh. But I just thought symbol monkeys were pretty spooky. Oh yeah. Like just the idea of like being transformed into one, like so mechanically. Oh, sure. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't going there, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, that's maybe, not what happens in monkey shines. No, I suppose, it, I that, suppose you, it's not. No, I, I think that I yeah. might be trying, like I might be misascribing some kind of nightmare that I had to a twilight zone episode. No, I'm thinking of it's a good life where he's transformed into the, uh, into the Jack in the box, which is simultaneously yeah. like, like, like also horrifying. Like kids toys are just scary. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> there's, there's a movie called um, puppets or puppet master. 
okay. the Stuart Gordon movie, um, who also did uh, Monkey Shine, and a character in it gets turned into a punch doll, like a Punch and Judy, uh-huh. and it's horrifying. Oh I'm sure I've God. talked about it before on the show because it's very formative, mm-hmm. uh, but it is very, very scary, like watching his, like, the bones in his chin crack and stretch out oh, to make this kind of cartoonishly, like, pointy chin. Mm-hmm. And, and stuff. That movie is super, super spooky. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I think, I don't know that you talked about uh, that movie. I think you've talked about uh, Wishmaster and how you walked out of that before. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, wait, Stuart, Stuart Gordon, director. Yeah. He, uh, I think, I think he directed Castle Freak. Yeah, he did. He okay. did that and Dagon and, and Reanimator. And yeah, yeah. A bunch of cool shit. Hmm. Um, like, I actually like him, but he, uh, <laughs> he also has done a couple <laughs> he, things that are less nerve. than great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Speaking of touching a nerve, let's talk about the monstrosity you create in the next level. <laughs> yep. So yep, you've got a crab mountain. <laughs> yeah, the, the the writhing ruin that, that you make here. Because so so in addition to these just stars, you have to create recreate some constellations. Mm-hmm. And the first one is Cancer, and uh, you know the king says the sky doesn't seem very yummy. <laughs> um, you know it tastes good. Crabs roll up as many crabs as you can find, uh, which is. Fucking disgusting. Yep. Oh man, I shouldn't have drank all that crab juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The crab juice nebula <laughs> the, uh, that you create. Like it is. It is so many just like crabs, and they continue to move when they're on you. Uh huh. Um, and they <laughs> trying to walk. Yeah. Like it's basically just their their walk cycle as they as they would otherwise move across. And I never quite figured out what like what it is. So they're measuring the sheer number of uh, of like the relevant items that you collect, right? But it's ex- yes. it's expressed as a percentage at the end and so what that it's a, it's a what that yeah. says to me is like is it is it the the proportion of how much crab is there to other stuff or are like are they is that just kind of a goof i, I think it's the proportion okay i i don't know that for sure but that's how i always read it like you just need to be mostly crab but they're <laughs> reading more than that because you can't just like pick up one crab and then stop right and be at 100 percent. so i think the two things are like the minimum number of objects total yeah you need to have and then the proportion mostly crab is my favorite protein bar yeah <laughs> that's gross man it, it is it is it is a 20 percent maximum chitin guarantee yeah <laughs> have, um, have you like you ever like go to a sushi bar and eat like soft shell crab uh, I, i'm too or, scared like, you just bite through the shell and I, I, yeah it's fucking it's gross man you like, know i don't i'm not into it I like seafood. Like, like I'm, I'm down. I'm down with some seafood, you know. But anything that is like a lobster or even like a crab leg, where eating it yeah. is primarily a dissection, I know that makes me kind of a baby. I'm squeamish about it. Like, I like yeah. the way those I, taste, but I, I so like in in that sense, I would rather eat, just eat some like like a like a a small little baggie of artificial crab than actually you know eat something that is identifiable as crab. <laughs> Where are you getting baggies of crab? Like, like, who's giving you like a Ziploc? Like, yeah, this is we've like, established this. Standing outside your People apartment pr- complex, like just like here, kid. Here's a baggie of crab. There's been times in the past where Chris has presented me with a baggie of crab, or somebody at work said, "I've got an extra bag of crab. Do you want it?" And I'm like, "Hmm, a yummy snack." Yeah, no. Um, like, you can buy like you can buy turn fake, that down. You can buy fake crab. It's like a you can get it in a bag. It's fine. I'm not, I know that you can buy fake crab. Just the idea of getting a little Ziploc baggie full of crab is is funny to me. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like eating seafood that looks like the thing that it is. Yeah, either like that grosses me out, and then like I won't not just because octopuses are 
you know, the most intelligent animal in the world. Like I won't eat something with a tentacle either. Mm-hmm. Um, octopi rather. Um, so I have my, my seafood limits as well. Yeah. And then uh, crab is definitely one of them. And this uh, hits on that nerve. Mm-hmm. Partly because they, they intersperse collecting crabs with collecting spiders. <laughs> and they do it on purpose. Like there are lots of spiders that are around. Like sometimes you'll see a crab in the distance. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, it's a spider. And it's just them saying like, hey, these are the spiders of the sea. <laughs> when you eat these, you're just eating spider, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Everything is relative. Yep. Ugh. Yep. I mean, shrimp. I, I fucking love shrimp. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird psychology is mm. weird <laughs> but is um weird. But, all these little crabs are riding dogs like horses so yeah. <laughs> that's worth it <laughs> going yeehaw so, yeah, yeah. they're also the ones that are uh that are just kind of like stacked or moving tvs around like the the invent yeah. the the, the invent <laughs> money for nothing crabs <laughs> like <laughs> the inventiveness of of these uh, of these special um stages just kind of shows how far they can they, they can stretch this right like yeah you know i you know, in a weird way, I'm kind of more interested in the process that leads to these things than the actual result. Like the result is delightful and great. But like when I look at this a little bit, all I can think of is there was somebody who just had like a notebook full of ideas of things they wanted to make. And then they had to direct a team to model those and animate them and put them in. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it is, it is, you know, it's a very, it's very interesting. And that actually is one of the things at least in the, um, the next game in the series mm-hmm. they do a little bit more with, mm-hmm. which is really cool. These kind of special stages with those kind of ideas behind them. Um, they take that a little bit further and then kind of, I feel like they run out yeah. as a game with a definite ceiling. Yeah. They also um, have those. horseshoe crabs, uh, like the ones that Millhouse pets when he loses his glasses. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey doggy. Uh, Yep. And then uh, so every time you do this, the kids can kind of feel the cosmos being restored, specifically the uh, the daughter. Right. It says, oh, I can feel yeah, the, the cosmos. Girl that, like, I can feel the cosmos like line. It's just like, <laughs> oh, really I can good. feel the cosmos. So yummy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, <sighs> just, is, it, it does a good job. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I kind of hate saying like, oh, turn your brain off. Right. Because sometimes it's nice to think about these things, but like, it really does just kind of like, if you look at this as a thing and just react to it, it's delightful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so we're on to make a star four. town the uh and you start off inside of the house but then actually move your way out yeah you actually you actually break out um onto the uh onto the city streets the uh the song here might actually be my favorite in the game like aside from the jazzy like singy ones the lonely rolling star the one with the oh yeah 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 with with that synth intro um and uh the, the the happy girl singing like that that feels more quintessentially katamari to me than uh than the kind of more adventurous jazz stuff um but yeah it's a it's a wonderful kind of like backdrop for this 
Is this the one with the like the chorus of kids? No, like eventually it's, no, okay. no. I don't like that one very much. This one, do 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 do, do do okay. do do. Yeah, that one. I mean, you're gonna put it in here, so I'm singing it. <laughs> or will I? The um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this, this is a, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I didn't I didn't lose at this one. This isn't the first hard one for me, but this is mm-hmm. the first hard one for you. Um, let's talk about losing at Katamari. Let's talk about like <laughs> what happens and how it does feel like a weird kind of shitty time sink it does yeah so you know you're trying to reach one meter in 10 minutes and by the nature of the way this game scores if you're at you know um 99 centimeters for this then well fuck you you're done mm-hmm. even if 10 minutes run out so this kind of doubles the time that you're going to you know spend on this stage mm-hmm. uh, which i don't really like like and they do a good job of you know br- the, the 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 king kind of pops in right over top of the stuff you're supposed to be looking at <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh you know to kind of give you time updates or to just say oh this is the first thing we picked up in this area how delightful um getting sentimental right. about it um but uh you know regardless it can feel a little bit dispiriting to know that you just threw 10 minutes down the drain and 10 minutes is a long time yeah for for a game that is so um you know so singular in its its gameplay loop like 10 minutes of just doing the same thing again does feel really significant like Mm -hmm. losing 10 minutes in a game that has greater variety doesn't feel quite as bad Mm -hmm. like i've lost 10 minutes many times over in a souls game you know but then it's like i can try to figure out what to do differently in the time and and maybe it'll be quicker the next time or maybe i can find a way to bypass something here it's like you're definitely looking at another 10 minutes no matter what and it's also easy to kind of get fucked Mm-hmm. Um, this game, like especially with moving animals, like if a, if a cat corners you in a corner, you're gonna lose a lot of mass. Yeah, you get into a loop. Yeah, and it's pretty hard to get out of it. Um, you don't have like it, I almost feel like you need a period of invincibility and intangibility when you get hit. Yeah, you know, like similar to, to other games, you don't get this kind of like stuck in these things. But it is really de- kind of demoralizing to lose a round in this game, and that's you know probably a failing somehow of the game. Like it you, doesn't feel good. You want to make this game easier, you stupid baby. Yeah, yeah. I want I want it to be like a Mario game where like yeah, me too. after I lose Mario just does it for me because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot baby um, and Nintendo wants me to win. The um, yeah, I mean I don't want that. I just yeah. want like anything. I think it's because there's a time limit. I think mm-hmm. that there's a minimum amount of time the stage has to take. Yeah, that means that no matter how good you get at it, you're going to spend that much time. And the you know, the the stages are only going to get longer. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like it's it, it hangs around at the at the 10 minute mark for a little while, but eventually you start getting into stuff that is uh, kind of unconscionable to have to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bummer. And luckily, like to my mind, and this is like I only really find one of these stages really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's seven is, yep. is my is my Vietnam star seven. Um, the uh, I keep saying that and it's probably offensive, but I <laughs> somebody out there. Um, so yeah, I was talking about they might be giants earlier. Like I've been listening to their most recent albums which are like people don't like their new albums very much but they're kind of they're not you know genius but they're kind of good rock albums people never like the new albums yeah exactly um but there's a song called judy was your was your vietnam that i Mm -hmm. like a lot and i keep thinking of things being my vietnam (laughs) the um but like seven is really really hard for me i did it several times over but if i had that experience with like every stage or like a couple times every stage i could see like having to put this away for a while. Yeah, it's discouraging, right? And to the game's kind of slight credit, it makes failure 
aesthetically interesting at very least. Like you oh, get yeah. a piece of music you otherwise wouldn't you know experience with this horrible organ uh, music as the king berates you, and like you you just see like the his face like the cutout on that, and there's a lightning in the background that kind of lights up his silhouette, and the silhouette's doing uh, different threatening poses in each in each flash each lightning strike yeah, yeah which is which is great like i like that i just wish i didn't have to see it you know four times throughout the course of this with each of those four times representing probably 40 minutes of gameplay and they're going to keep uh upping this mm-hmm. so the um in future games they kind of turn this into like little mini games and the second one the king tries to zap you mm-hmm. and you can dodge it and the third one he shoots billiard balls at you <laughs> um it keeps changing yeah. So it eventually becomes kind of a game in and of itself. And it's almost like a load screen, you know, yeah. load screen game. Which I'd rather them do than not do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's for like, I died here once and it was like right at the end too. I guess I got, I got caught in one of those shitty loops, uh, but it's smooth sailing for a little bit longer. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. The, um, it, when, when you lose, you get another little story update. Mm-hmm. Um, where the kids are at the airport. We don't know what they're doing at the airport just yet. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> boy, oh boy, is it a real throw a corker. The, um, um, but, but a bird nest on or rest on a guy's nose and the thing. And that's really it. So when I was playing this, I was kind of prototyping my own weird Japanese game in my head. And like mm-hmm. not, not Japanese, like in a, like in a denigrating sense, but like a game with this kind of uh, aesthetic. And it would be like a, like a slow life game where you're playing as a little kid whose uh, sole mission in life is to every day when you wake up, go down to the pond and find a frog to hug. Oh, <laughs> Which is not funny. It's just cute. Like I just want to. I just want to find different ways to make a kid hug a frog. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels very similar to that. You know that that mm-hmm. uh, that that hug button. <laughs> what was it? There was a, there was one not show and Nikki. There was a, a a PS2 game where your only like verbs were talk and kiss. Tulip. Tulip. Yeah. Yeah. Is the name of that game? Um, yeah. So we're on to uh, to make a star five. Mm-hmm. And uh, or I think it's tulip. I want to make sure that's not the yep, developer. No, it's it's tulip. Okay. Yeah, because the the, uh, the the developer is like ch- is something similar to that. So, um, anyways, make a star five, one point uh, five meters in twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is Brayton's favorite song in, in the game. <laughs> well, it's my uh, favorite song. You are smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to trick me into cutting that one out and cutting out Brayton. <laughs> ironically, well ironically, Katamari the episode, like the Katamari episode, has the least music of any of our episodes. Yeah, I know. It's just out of spite. <laughs> you know? Like it just. It, it's just going to be the beginning of me going, no, 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 and then nothing else. <laughs> just straight, like you leave the bathroom breaks in too. Yep. <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> straight pipe. Yep. <laughs> but You Are Smart is great because uh, it's got kind of this uh, kind of bit crushed kind of yeah. uh, kind of sound to it. It's kind of plunky. Um, and the like the, the lyrics are just, you are smart, repeated ad nauseum. It's, re- it's, it's really uh, like minimalist electronica. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, ding, 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 ding. like it's just a three-note melody mm-hmm. during the entire thing. Like it is, it is super, super simple, but uh, but is good. Yeah, and uh, I like this one because you start out um, like when you leave the house, um, you can go down this this hill that you'll become familiar with, mm-hmm. and they put a bunch of bowling pins there and <laughs> kind of bowl your way down. Yeah, which is fun. And and like they they put a they they put a lampshade on that a little bit sometimes when it happens. Like if they if they explicitly set up some of these weird situations, uh, the king will come in and say strike or spare or something. Yeah. like Yeah. Like the, the there are a couple times, and so if you know definitely makes it feel less like a random thing and more considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is the first world where you can roll at people. Mm-hmm. Um, and. One of my greatest gaming memories is the first time I rolled up a person and instead of saying like, 
a generic thing. It said their name. Yep. I think that is a master touch (laughs) of this game. Like not everyone has a name, Mm -hmm. but the first person you're likely to roll up does. And it's like, oh, I just rolled up, you know, uh, you know, Kimaru Nataka. It's a great. They're dead. (laughs) Um, <laughs> isn't that a character from Final Fantasy X? <laughs> I may, may as well be. I don't. I I have a hard time making up names on the top of my head. <laughs> um, but it is just. It is very, very, uh, very, very strange and funny to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, these are people <laughs> with hopes and dreams and the like. I, I just wanted to cut to like a montage of his grieving oh. family. And, oh yeah, and all that the, person's life. What they would have. Yeah, done. But, and all of the work left undone. <laughs> it's like that outtake from Austin Powers where the where the guard who got killed. It's like the, the, the oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah. It's like a played play by Will Ferrell. <laughs> yep. Oh man, the first Austin Powers. But yeah, uh, it's it's great, and they and they play with that in some of the uh, in some of the um, special stages later on as well. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a that's a wonderful touch. And I wonder. So I never checked and saw. Do you know those are the names of the models? Like like okay, every kid who looks like this has named this, or did they just kind of have a field of names that they uh, that they pulled from? If uh, if I'm being super honest, it, you know, names in another language will sometimes roll off my brain. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell if they were the same. That's if fine. we if I rolled of, off, you know, rolled up the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that sometimes you roll up and just be like schoolgirl, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't I don't know what the rhyme or reason was. Yeah. There. Well, maybe that's part of like the composition of the stuff that the of the scenes they were laying out. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being the case. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you you progress from uh, from kids uh, to adults on this yep. one, uh, which is super ominous. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna spell dark things <laughs> in the future. It's also um, a really good way to build up your your oh, Mario. Yeah. Like people are huge, <laughs> um, just in general. Yeah, um, you know the little cutscene, and this time it is uh, the kids are on the plane, they're flying, and they see the king looming over the globe. I love that as a real presence. It's like perched over it, like a <laughs> like yep. an eldritch being. Yeah, yep, yep. pretty good. Um, this takes so you to next- uh, to uh, to another special um, area, Cygnus. Let's roll up to be a single star in the sky. I hear you calling me. I want to word you up into my life. Let's love up to make a single star in the sky to you. Uh, because uh, the sky lacks grace, and you need to find swans. Yep, you need uh, post rock now. The um, and I love how you get. Uh, so this has, this has K Sarasara, which is is maybe my favorite song on the soundtrack. Other than like, I think the title theme is really really strong too. Yep. Like that's really hard to argue with. I like the uh, the, the final samba, like the, the the one from the end uh, from the end yeah. Credits, yeah, that kind of that kind of remix mm-hmm. kind of thing is really really good. Yeah, um, this song is, is is really good as well. Well, it's it's uh it's sung in English and it's got kind yeah. of this uh, um, overwrought like lounge singer kind of feel to it. Yeah, and it's just there's a little bit of there's some some R and L mistranslation yeah. stuff going on with English not being the singer's first language, um, but it just ends up being really charming mm-hmm. more than than anything else to me. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm making fun of the person for that. Yeah, I just like it because it just adds to this offness. Yep. That. Yeah, I mean, like it exists where this game wants to exist, which is a couple of deg- a couple of degrees off of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like this game could have been reverent mm-hmm. and decided to be irreverent. <laughs> the um, I, this is a song that I sing often when picking up my cat. 
Um, I'm going to roars you up into my life. Yeah, I'm going to roars him up into my life. I'm going to roars up to be. Um, I love that you're you're rolling up eggs that then hatch mm-hmm. uh, into uh, to quails and, and ducklings and swans. Yep. Ultimately. And also all these eggs in shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eggs love shoes. Yep, just pranking around. Yeah. <laughs> eggs in cups. Yep. Like it's uh, just eggs in places where you don't expect to find them. And the, and the wings, again, they're just doing their walk cycle as they're attached to you um, mm-hmm. as, it, as it gets more feathery and puffy as things go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty great. Um, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, so you're heading up to uh, Star uh, Core or the Corona Borealis here. The Northern Lights. Yes. <laughs> yep. And you have uh, eight minutes and uh, the, sky, the sky is not gorgeous, so it needs crowns. Yes. Uh, um, so the like picking up crowns, whatever. Like this, this one's kind of a dud for me thematically, except for mm-hmm. the fact that the uh, that the king says, "Don't think too much about who these crowns belong to, and if they come, we'll run away." Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, so I kind of lied when I said that I didn't like the theming of this because there are crowns on fruits, animals, and people. Yeah, everything has a has a crown. Yeah, and there's a couple like big, huge animals that have giant crowns that are like mm-hmm. really hard to get to. Yeah, uh, it's possible to get them, but you have to do do really, really well. Yeah, uh, hmm. this has a catamarit taino something. Like yeah, that. it's kind of a trancy flamenco kind of thing. Another one of those ones that it's my probably my favorite song in the soundtrack um, because it has uh, again it leans on the acoustic guitar kind of thing. But, I thought uh, you were just saying that vocals. again to, to throw me off the trail. <laughs> um, I, yeah, this one doesn't come to mind. I think that we both probably, I think we like real different Katamari songs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is okay. Like, as I, mm-hmm. like there's no songs on the soundtrack I, I dislike, but mm-hmm. I think that so far everyone, you've been like, I don't really like that one. I think <laughs> I, I've liked and then vice versa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say this one's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or if it's not that, that might be Katamari Mambo. Um, <laughs> Star 6, which is uh, three, minute, three meters, 10 minutes. So three meters is a good size. Uh-huh. You're going to roll up some good shit. Yeah, it's like this one. 10 feet, guys. Come on. Yeah, so this one, this one's pretty good. Yeah, um, and you're just to this kind of this part with on the beach. Yeah, this is the first world stage. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Um, like just getting lots and lots of people, and eventually, you know, being able to get larger and larger objects. I don't know if you quite get to cars in this world. Not quite yet. Like you're, yeah. you know, the, the, this I think is one of the ones where you have to like go over that rooftop to get to the uh, to the upper park. Yeah, around there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you're getting close. Yeah. But uh, you're you're enough to like uh, this game kind of turns into a, into a disaster flick halfway through. Yeah, yeah, because people once they they don't notice you until you are big enough to roll them up mm-hmm. at that point, and then they they hate you. Yeah, then they start um, running and screaming, and cops will shoot at you. <laughs> yep, I love that. Which I always used as a canary in the coal mine to know I was big enough to pick up people. Uh huh. Like if I just like where there was a cop nearby, I'd roll by and see if he tried to shoot me, and if he shot me, it's like. This is gonna be sweet. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna go get you. It's, it's um, clobbering time. Yeah, like look out, bud. Yeah. Um, I'm heading on over to your house. <laughs> but the uh, otherwise, you know, you, you can ignore them. But yeah, it is definitely you know a bad thing. And I think that's part of the the cleverness about the sequel, where they say like, no, actually, being rolled up feels really good. <laughs> like ambiently, like people just like it, and it mm-hmm. feels good to have done to you. <laughs> and later, there's straight up like uh, when you roll up the king, where he's just like, this is what being rolled up feels like. Yeah. This is great this is soothing and feels good like yeah it's supposed to, like it is like a drug yeah well um, like they like it's it's kind of sexual in the way they describe it and the stuff that i've read about like they're, yeah. like they're you know they kind of get some crap behind the radar on this yeah one. to paste magazine let's <laughs> that's, that's write a think piece about what it's actually about um <laughs> are you yeah. making fun of me for no no i'm making okay. fun of 
Pace Magazine, which okay. is actually like good. But I just, you know, every every once in a while, like I get frustrated with the like this thing is really about this, yeah, and yeah. it's it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's yeah. a, there's a certain amount of like up their own ass analytics that I think is annoying. Yep. Um, that's what I'm making fun of. I'm not making fun of you. Okay. Um, yeah, but there's not too much to this. Avenger, you know, the kids are actually going to, the, the reason why they're on the plane is they're going to see a rocket mm-hmm. and uh, their father is, is on it. Yeah. So they're going to go visit their dad. Yeah, but in the meantime, the sky isn't fresh enough, so you have to make Pisces. Yeah, this, this one's hard. Yeah. This is pretty tough. Um, this is the one with the kids' choir song, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, I know that, that you don't. Um, my edit, so I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> the, uh, it's just going to play in a loop for the entire yeah. <laughs> entire episode. So before before it gets to the actual like solo of the kid, um, like when, mm-hmm. it, when it's just the chorus doing their own thing, I'd say it's one of my favorite songs in the game. Um, hmm. but, um, but the, uh, the, the actual solo, I think it sticks out a little bit too much and it doesn't serve, I think it's purpose. Uh, the kid's got a reedy uh, voice. Yeah. A little bit. Like it just, yeah. uh, it, it kind of comes to the front in a way that even kind of the more distinctive ones like Kesarasara or the, or the gin and tonic one, um, kind of like fades to the back and you kind of pay, you pay attention to it as you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, in this kind of game, I kind of think that like. A soundtrack being not so much maybe with this one because I would agree mm-hmm. that that kid's voice is a little bit trying, and if I met him as an adult, I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> the, um, but like, I think it's okay for the music to come to the front because mm-hmm. this game is weirdly like you don't have to focus on it. Like, it is yep. a really great podcast game, mm-hmm. um, and the game would be significantly more boring without the amazing soundtrack. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. You need to be paying attention to the soundtrack because the actual moment to moment of the gameplay, you very rarely have to pay attention to. Yeah, like it is kind of weirdly meditative. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, yeah, and uh, you know it's a fine line. I think this is just kind of the only track that's that 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 extends beyond it for me. Yeah, and so that, that that that's why uh, that part kind of uh, uh, rubs against me the wrong way a little yep. bit. Yeah, but okay. I but I agree with what you're saying otherwise. Yeah, um, so you're getting fish um, and fish like things. Yeah, I think also uh, cat, fish. cats with fish in their mouths. Yeah, super cute. As they're and then uh, like um, uh, jellyfish and the like. Oh yes, yeah, so, uh, stingrays with their awesome little uh, faces, their smiley yep. faces on the bottom. Yep. penguins their, and seals and stuff yep super cute this one like this one's hard because most you know like uh, once you get beyond a certain size you're still um rolling up stuff that is significantly smaller than you and it's hard to uh, maneuver to catch up to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um next up is make gemini um this guy needs a, uh, more mystery and uh, <laughs> twins apparently are mysterious yeah which feels a little bit normative like yeah <laughs> like yeah don't make fun of twins um yeah and uh, and and you kind of uh, just head through picking up twins. Yeah. Um, the wonderful thing about this that's very funny is that like everything is a twin, so you'll find like two rulers next to each other, and you'll <laughs> pick one up and it'll say ruler senior, and the other one will say ruler junior, mm-hmm. 
or like big sister ruler and little sister ruler. Yep. And the stuff. And it's very cute. But it also does like you'll see like big groups of things, like big groups of bears or whatever. And uh, not all of them are twins of each other. So you have mm-hmm. to make sure if you pick up the sister, you pick up the brother as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Super, super adorable. Yeah, But they're posed like always kind of right next to each other. So as you're going along, like this is this is one of the best uh, one of the best levels for like looking at the levels in a different way. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really designed. Um, we should talk about this next one with the the Taurus level that comes later because they both have the same kind of gimmick. Yes, um, yeah. where and this is something they do more of in the sequel, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of cool, but it's kind of a bummer. Um, Ursa Major and Taurus, mm-hmm. where like you have to get one thing, but they want you to get the biggest yeah. thing there is. Um, bears and uh, and bulls or cows, um, as it were, and what the thing that it's trying to make you do is avoid that one object until you can get big enough to pick up the biggest of those objects. Mm-hmm. The problem is the level ends as soon as you pick up any of them. Yeah. And it's really easy to accidentally grab something <laughs> shitty and small. So the nice part of that is if you don't understand, like if you don't take it seriously when the king says, oh, we only need one, so make sure it counts. You're like, okay, fine. Ha ha. I'm going to go get as many of them as I can because he's never told the truth to me regardless. Yeah. Like you're going to pick up the little bear pin and it's going to say, oh, this is so dinky, like right away. Um, Yeah. But that doesn't stop it from being frustrating to roll over something that's way smaller than you can see as you're approaching, trying to get something that's, you know, big enough for you to actually make a dent in the score scale. Yeah. That, that was more, more my, my thing. And I don't actually care that much about (laughs) scores, you know, in games. So like, it doesn't matter to me that much if I just happen to pick up, you know, a a really tiny bear or a really tiny cow. (laughs) Um, The frustrating thing also with the cow level is it's not just cow. It's also things with cow prints. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I ended the cow level picking up a, a traffic cone with a cow print Me on it. Me too. Yep. And that was that was my cow. Uh-huh. Like it's not a cow dog. Yep. It's a cow um, island, but it's medium yeah. size. So, um, no. my favorite thing, the uh, aside from aside from the song, which is my favorite in the game, uh, is uh, mm-hmm. like in these special levels. You know, it's it's pretty subtle, uh, but you are not using the regular green and yellow katamari. Oh yeah, um, they're colored appropriately. Yeah, and the tours when you have a, a cute little cow print katamari. <laughs> yeah, they'll um, they'll take that to a new level in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite uh, iteration of that is in the second one, there's a level where you're a sumo wrestler um, and you have to roll up another sumo wrestler <laughs> um, and get big enough. And everything you roll up just gets absorbed into the sumo wrestler you're rolling up, <laughs> including people. So eventually you roll over somebody and it's like Hiroko Minaku. And then she screams for a second until it fades away as she gets absorbed <laughs> into the sumo wrestler. Uh, that's just like, for mass. That's like some Tetsu of the Iron Man shit stuff. <laughs> It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the best uh, illustration of these weird and then, you know, weird levels. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they are done quite as well in this this game. But luckily, they are optional. Like you can just roll forward and pick up the first whole thing. Yeah. So I had like I took a second crack at these because like I didn't feel right beating a level in five seconds mm-hmm. for the show. Like they do lay these out kind of thoughtfully, like in Ursa Major, you know, when you're going after the bears. Um, there's one particular one, like the, the, the one that I, uh, set my sights on as a bear who's driving a car on the streets and like the circuit, mm-hmm. you know, like the, 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 there are challenges and you can approach that you can approach it with a measure of thoughtfulness, but, uh, it's really hard to, uh, kind of get there because, because the failure, um, uh, uh, condition is so fickle. Yeah. I just, it would accidentally, I would try that too. And I would just accidentally roll something up. Yeah. Um, but we'll get, let's get to, uh, seven, which for my money is the hardest one, I think. Yeah. Um, this is the one that took me the most tries. Uh, make star seven, uh, six meters in 10 minutes. 
And you start out really relatively small in this. And the other secret is you start out in a pretty sparse area. Yeah. Like it looks dense, but it's really not. Like the objects you can get in this first area are don't add very much mass. Yeah. And the kind of the weird trick to this is get out as soon as you can. Like yeah. every time you have access to a new area, go there as soon as possible or you're going to run out of time. Yeah. And it's kind of insidious too because like they gave you this big line of bananas leading mm-hmm. leading down into this uh into this uh park with the lake and the fountain and the uh, and the Cosby and whatnot. Um and um if you follow that it actually puts you further away from the rest of the city. So you have to spend some time rolling without gaining any mass to get back up to a place where your effort is gonna gonna be more fruitful. Yeah, and, and where you exit this, there are like there's a couple of hatchets mm-hmm. and then just a bunch of watermelons that you can't roll up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely feels like a trap. And the, the king kind of talks along with you. Like, as you pick up bananas, he goes, bah, nah, nah, bah, <laughs> nah, nah. And I keep saying it over and over. Um, so it's kind of encouraging you to do that, but it is a little bit of a, a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just find this one really hard. I would very frequently get close without making it. Um, you end up spending a lot of time in that weird little golf where you haven't quite grown to the next level of scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the city portion with the cars, there's a car that whips around the block really quickly. Yep. And it's really easy to get hit by him and knocked into a corner and lose a lot of mass. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just, this level was a weird like, oh, the game's hard now? <laughs> weird. Like, why is that? You yeah. know? And it's not really hard after that. Like, it's a little bit harder yeah. than it was in the beginning of the game. But this, for me, is the hardest the game gets. It's a tricky transition. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's I- not even like a difficulty wall. It's a, definitely a difficulty spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, that this also requires you to break into more areas than usual. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big like it's a pretty big jump too. Like the previous Make a Star, like Make a Star Six, you were going for three meters. This is six, and even though there is that curve where it gets more generous of what you pick up, like you're still right around where you can or cannot pick up cars. Like mm-hmm. you eventually start picking up, you know, light poles and stuff like that. But that's very much toward the end of uh, yep. of, of the curve here, um, and you're not like in the super empowered mode that you're in in like the later you know, the, 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 the next couple make a stars. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another little family scene. Uh, the family gets uh, the bus to the space center. This yep. story is going, it's so decompressed. <laughs> um, so. Just, just to just let it roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Make a star eight. Yep. I have to get uh, 12 meters in, uh, in eight minutes. Again, you can have that uh, trancy flamenco song. And uh, this kind of has a pretty good uh, kind of differential on the beginning size to the ending size. Some of them like recently have started you, you know, relatively bigger. But in this one, like you start out in a crawl space under a building surrounded by rats. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the game is kind of going to do this where, uh, you know, your starting size is going to be really removed from where you ultimately um, end up. And that's incredibly gra- uh, gratifying within a single stage. Yeah, it also, this goes to show how much of your success is dependent on level design because mm-hmm. you are you have to get twice as big as you had to in Star 7 and you have two minutes less. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like, and you start off smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like it would be significantly more difficult, but the level is just more friend, laid out in a more friendly fashion. Mm-hmm. Like there are just more things to get, yeah. you know? So like this one, while being like mildly challenging, is not nearly as bad yeah. um, just because there's lots of stuff around to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as you get bigger, like this is when you start getting big enough to kind of pick up some buildings a little bit. Yeah. Like you're you're getting uh, uh, windmills and these uh, kind of, uh, uh, I guess, power towers, like the the, the, the the wire infrastructure kind of things that uh, carry electricity and such. You also roll up uh, Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, yeah. which is pretty cool. And you see some of these bigger scenes like uh, giant gravel piles full of sumo wrestlers. Yep. 
that yep, I, yep. I assume have absorbed the townspeople and are burrowing to make yeah. their nest so that they can <laughs> they can give birth to a clutch of new sumo wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, as their stomachs just burst open and they slide out on a slime trail. <laughs> Thousands of tiny sumo wrestlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. Um, our, uh, another special one, uh, Virgo, mm-hmm. which is uh, this is getting maidens. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just rolling up the ladies. Yeah. For this one. I love this pink catamari. I would love a, I'd like to have like a plush of that. Yeah. I want a plush catamari anyway. I know mm-hmm. they exist. I should get one. Like Think Geek has one for 25 bucks. I mm-hmm. I kind of would rather get one that is uh, like knit from Etsy. Like I'm oh, sure yeah. that's a, I'm positive that's a thing I could very easily achieve. But It probably wouldn't cost you that much more than 25 bucks either. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like, like the one, the one on Think Geek kind of looks like it has bad stitching too. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of looks uneven. Yeah. In a, in a way that is not pleasing to me. Yeah. yeah. So you use the coupon code. Watch out for fireballs. <laughs> at com. Shoddy products yeah, that are fun to read about, but not prices. fun to buy. Yeah. Shoddy products, expensive prices. <laughs> the best thing that they do is put out a catalog. com. <laughs> Cubicle warfare nerf. Lol. Yeah. And, and followed by loot crate. It's like <laughs> stuff you throw away after a convention, but delivered to your house. Um, Here, you throw this away. Yeah. Exactly. Loot crate. Here, you throw this away. It's our slogan. Oh man! <laughs> Do you define yourself by your purchasing habits? Of course, you like all things geeky. Um, <laughs> Think of it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna chew out Simon Pegg for. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a desk it. that's a mile long, so you can literally just put every single fucking little statue and bobblehead that we can throw at you? Mm. Yeah, I'm sad now, Gary. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! But you're but you're uh, targeting little girls uh, for this. <laughs> yeah, not sad somehow. Because um, it feels because it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's delightful. Um, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, and and like the the soundtrack here, it's like again, it's Lonely Rolling Star uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with the 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 very chipper female vocalist. So it kind of seems to fit. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the line from the little girl: "The scent of maidens everywhere. It fills the cosmic space." <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, accidental poetry. Huh. Um, so we're getting into like the hefty levels here. Yeah. Um, so make a star nine where it's 30 meters and 18 minutes. which is significant and this is you're getting you're literally causing catastrophic damage to the world yeah like you're taking down infrastructure you're obliterating ports yep and and the way that the game still kind of has this interesting stuff to look at is they start just adding giants <laughs> to places like they're just sometimes they're just huge people mm-hmm. just walking around or huge animals and, and things like that like they still add interesting things to look at even though you should just be seeing boring shit like mm-hmm. SimCity. Yeah. landscapes i like the uh they've got a guy uh it's a, gi- a giant standing in the middle of the ocean uh doing like a bowser spin toss with a gigantic fish yeah <laughs> yep yeah um after you get the you get the the, the climax of the uh the story 
<laughs> which is that the launch was called off yeah, because, because there's the, no more moon. The moon's gone, which would be far more catastrophic than a Katamari going going. Yeah, all exactly. Around. Like the uh, and the the dad, I love because um, he comes back in the second one mm-hmm. where like um, there's a little astronaut um, where it's the dad, and every time you hover over him in the second one, he goes like called off, <laughs> called off. Um, which I want to make that like my text alert tone because I, I like the the music of that a lot. Mm-hmm. All off. I love his voice. He sounds like the very tall man. Yeah, yeah. He's just got that like dorky voice, and I love the like anticlimax of like that was the story I was following these kids here. Yep. To get to the canceled like Wally Word's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the I told you. Yep. I also like the idea of like going to the being on a moon launch and then. You can't go to it because the moon has disappeared. Yep. Like, well, go shit. up there and look for it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be lazy. <laughs> you can escape the madness. Get out, get, out, get out of Dodge for a little while. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have two options after this. You uh, you have another special level, which I like the kind of neat challenge of this, making the North yeah, Star, this, making like, Polaris. This is my favorite special level. That's great. Like, yeah. Because um, they don't give you a time limit. They just show you visually what a 10-meter Katamari would be. Mm-hmm. And say whenever you want, you can summon me, but you want to get as close to ten meters as possible. It's so nerve wracking, too. It's yeah, it's really hard. I mean, there's no fail state. Uh-huh. Like you can just hit summon right away, and yeah. you'll just. But you're constantly on. doubting yourself because because like the camera zooms out as you get bigger, so yeah. you, you you can't really trust that the scale is going to hold true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, if uh, you wanted to, if you wanted to min max this, you would find one of the levels where you had to be ten meters, mm-hmm. or and then just find the biggest thing that you could pick up. Yeah. You could pick that up, but I mean, you don't need a mid max Katamari to Massey. No, no, you just do it. And like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no, like you said, there's no failure. So if you, like, if you do like I did and you X out at five meters just to be safe, mm-hmm. you know, he says, ah, this isn't close at all, but we'll still put it up there. Um, I, I, so something I like about, about kind of the record keeping that this game does, uh, we haven't really talked about it, but as you go back and, you know, replay some of these levels, if you, if, if you've gone about them, you have the choice to either, um, replace the, 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 the kind of the high score star. Mm-hmm. And put it up there, or choose to make it Stardust, which you know doesn't uh, post a score. You know, like if you if you end up making a smaller one on your second go around, but it actually fills up the star field a little bit more, so it still has like a co- like a uh, cosmetic difference um, yeah. between the two of them. Like you're you're still contributing to something um, in, in a you know relatively meaningless but still nice way. Yeah, it it makes things prettier. Mm-hmm. And and that's worthwhile. And that's also what happens if you fail to get to the size mm-hmm. that it wants. You get to make Stardust. Yeah. With the uh, thing, which is which is appreciable. Yeah. Um. So going around to the last uh, last stage, which is really really fun to play. Like yep. I think it's kind of hard to lose this one. Yep. Um. But this is just like go crazy. <laughs> um. The moon, which is you had twenty five minutes, which is a, a serious time commitment. But like every time I just like fire up Katamari just to play it. Mm-hmm. This is the level I want to play. Yeah. Um. And you want to get to three hundred meters. Yeah, but you'll um, but you will huge. exceed this. Like, yes, I finished yep. out at like eight hundred meters, something like that. Yeah, and you can just keep going. Like it, it's there are videos online of people who have just done crazy shit with this, <laughs> getting big enough to roll up clouds and stuff. Yeah, clouds and islands, and weather patterns mm-hmm. like storms. Yep. Um, and you kind of go around the world. Like you get to go to these different places and you know different continents, mm-hmm. and there are little things that are kind of semi representative of them. They're also like weird secret islands. Mm-hmm. Um, like you roll up and I think it's called like secret Island something, <laughs> you know, that you like roll up. It's just really, really neat. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very fun and just kind of relaxing mm-hmm. for something that is, and it plays the, it's, this is like a victory lap. Yeah. 
you know, this isn't meant to really be a challenge, I don't think. No, it plays um, the Katamari on the Rocks theme again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but you pick up, like, you know, massive radishes and colossal squids and stuff. There are, there are like, actual, like, you you interrupt kaiju fights. Yeah, which is super. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then the game ends. King gets um, bored. Yep, the king is bored with this. You played enough, um, <laughs> and today will be a party day. Yep, 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 yep. And you get the uh, you get this awesome rendition of the of the main theme with just this crazy uh, like the 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 um, Latin disco whistles mm-hmm. and uh, like seven different percussionists as they go along, um, and they reintroduce uh, dinosaurs and mushrooms and kind of the the intro um, stuff uh, as you uh, as you do these kind of like victory dances um, to no apparent purpose. Nope. And then you do the credits where you actually kind of roll over the planet like slowly, like you can only move very slowly and roll up the different countries of the world using the moon. Yeah. Um, from, from smallest to largest. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And you can't really see them. They're like kind of hard to make out yeah. on there. So uh, you just kind of have to roll around and trust, but that's just kind of, again, just something to do during the credits. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of Mario Massey. Yeah. Um, the kids ultimately end up going to the moon. It's their lunar vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super cute. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad it worked out for those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's nothing to say about this. Like it, when early on, when I said like this, the series had nowhere to go. Like it's kind of true. Like it is a, a perfect little expression of a game idea. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really cute and charming. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wouldn't feel good about not having this in my play experience. Yeah. You know, as a gamer, like I think this is a must play for anybody. Mm-hmm. In in a weird way, it's like one of the easiest recommendations I can make that we've ever done for this. It might be. It, I'll go on a limb and say it is the easiest recommendation I can make yeah. for something we've done on the show because like Planescape Torment is a way better game. Yep. Like Super Metroid is a way better game, but I wouldn't say like to necessarily like a little kid today and be like, Hey, play Super Metroid. <laughs> like they might not dig it. Yeah. Or like, uh, um, like my girlfriend who we've been playing the, the Wii U uh, Mario brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, she played a little bit of Super Metroid and like, it was just, she did okay, but she couldn't, the concepts were just like alien yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, why, you know, where do I go? Why can't I get through this door? Like the other thing, you know, she's not a gamer. Like, yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, the fact that they were so focused on their, on their development, um, mm-hmm. really, really shines through and makes this, you know, casual in a way that I think just, uh, is, is really to its benefit. Um, yeah. and again, not, not casual in the low, stupid casuals get good or whatever kind of sense. But like, I, you know, I would feel comfortable, like if I had a bunch of people over just putting this on in the background and having people pick it up. Yeah. Like in, in in a way, it does feel like a combination of a toy and a piece of art in the way that it, you know, just kind of is is approachable and, you know, just kind of lets you bring what you need to, you know, need to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in a way that like is doesn't feel like it's made for babies. Like mm-hmm. it is it is all ages in a literal sense of that term. Yeah. Like, you know, from ages five to one hundred and five. <laughs> anyone will enjoy Katamari Damacy. Mm-hmm. Like it is, you know, I, I enjoyed it you know, 
I mean, it wasn't new to me, but like I still had a lot of fun to it coming into it yeah. at this age as I would, you know, I did when it first came out mm-hmm. when I was 22. So like it is, you know, it is an easy recommendation. Anyone who has a PS3 is listening. They should definitely get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you probably already played it because it's ubiquitous. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, over the course of playing this and thinking about it, like just at work with people who are, you know, varying degrees of game literate, like I will bring it up in conversation, you know, and they say, oh, I love that game. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, like I think that that speaks to the place that it kind of uh, the, the, that it kind of holds in the pantheon. Right. I just uh, I, I think the world is better for this existing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in favor of such. So what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing after Katamari? Yeah. So next time we're doing a split EP. It's a uh, it's a two game episode uh, with Harvest Moon for the uh, Super Nintendo and Sim City for the Super Nintendo. Both of which are kind of games that we're going to really just talk about the systems. Um, mm-hmm. Like beating either of them is kind of beyond our ken at the moment in terms of actually being able to uh, execute on that. But there's enough to talk about just by going through a year of Harvest Moon or going through a cycle of Sim City. Yeah, um, yeah. So like you can't, you can't beat SimCity. You can just get to the mathematically like maximum yeah. number of people, but like, there's not an ending for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to talk about those things. It is like sim games are a genre we haven't really touched mm-hmm. when they haven't been mixed with something else. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of two flavors of a sim game. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is a macro sim and a micro sim kind of game. So this is definitely scratching some genres off of our, our checklist. Yep. You know, to eventually uh, wait in on, on each genre. Um, you know, look out, Sudoku. <laughs> um, Sokoban. Like, yeah. yeah, look out, Sokoban puzzlers. Um, I look like out, Sokoban a lot. Like Game Boy Mahjong games. <laughs> the uh, After that, we, so it's uh, doing a lot of Super Nintendo games, which is awesome. Um, after that, we're doing Demon's Crest, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a Capcom-developed uh, platformer for the Super Nintendo and uh, kind of a spinoff from their their Ghost and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts or Super Ghouls and Ghosts or whatever um, series. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful game. I really like the uh, the art style on it, and uh, I've never played it before, so this is going to be a fun new uh, experiment for me. Yeah, and uh, and I I have played it before. I'm more familiar with the Game Boy entries mm-hmm. in the series, but like a Capcom game for Super Nintendo will be at least competent. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, Gary, I'm so excited about the game we're doing after that. Yeah. Yeah, this cool. is one I've wanted to do for a very long time. L.A. Noir. Yeah, it's true. It's it was on our uh, when we were doing uh, uh, our Wolf games, like our specifically new games before we redefined retro to be what we wanted it to be. <laughs> the um, this was this was on Cole's suggestion list, and as a, it's, I know it's a setting that is probably a bigger deal for you. It like is kind of a, a you know aesthetic, but it's one that I like a lot. And I don't always get along with open world games, but this is like a weird kind of open world game that isn't. <laughs> You know, like it just has these weird trappings of being such. Yeah. So it actually, you know, it's a, it's an adventure game, mm-hmm. which I didn't know picking it up <laughs> and uh, when I first played it. And I'm really excited to revisit it as yeah. well. It is it is specifically a detective game, which I am all kinds of about. 
I'm also, it's been a good, good long while since we've had a real healthy shit on an ending of something. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to shitting on the last couple levels of this. Yeah. Just from a gameplay perspective more than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I'm fine with, with, with where the story goes, but uh, that's going to be. Yeah. I'm fine with where the story goes in the macro level. Mm-hmm. What you actually do definitely feels pretty discordant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I've used it as a cautionary example on the show <laughs> itself. Like, yeah, you don't want to be like LA Noir where it ends like that. <laughs> um, and now it's like, well, I get to talk about that in real time. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but that one's actually really, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get a hold of if you're interested in playing along, which I would recommend you do. Um, it goes on sale, uh, quite frequently. Like we are in the, uh, in the, in the, um, kind of prime season for steam sales and humble sales and things like that. And you mm-hmm. can get the game of the year relatively, uh, inexpensively for PC or, and that's know, what we're going to cover with the extra missions yeah, and stuff. I assume like that's which the only version I played. So I had never played those. I, oh, I, I bought, I bought it on the, uh, on the 360. And didn't do the season pass because fuck season passes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm excited to get a little bit of new content. And also this is going to be funny because the main character's name is Cole. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what you, what you think about the, uh, the extra stuff. Cause I remember thinking it was really strong. Hmm. Like the DLC was actually really good. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I would expect no less. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of it, but uh, me and Noir, uh, we, we do well together. Yeah, you guys get along. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're continuing to plan uh, stuff that happens after that. We have some awesome things that I'm really excited about coming down the pike, but uh, we normally announce three ahead. So uh, just uh, take our word for it that uh, this is going to be a fun year. Yeah, fun fun summer. Um, yeah, so if you uh, if you want to get in touch with us one way or another, if you want to suggest games, if you want to just chat with us, if you have comments about those games, you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, that is the best place to get a hold of us for feedback mm-hmm. and the like. Um, you know, regardless of what flavor it takes, mm-hmm. um, you can also go to uh, facebook.com forward slash watch out for fireballs and chat with us there. Yeah. Um, also good space. If you'd like to support us monetarily, um, these shows are not free to do and, uh, all of these things, uh, help make it easier for us to do them. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash duck TV. Uh, kick us a couple of bugs, uh, k- uh, kick us a couple of bucks kick, a month. Kick there. us a couple of bugs. Yeah. A couple of bugs. Give us all your bugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just pull us with bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these ants. Um, but um, uh, or you can go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and uh, buy things on Amazon and uh, a portion of those uh, purchases goes right to us and it doesn't cost you anything extra. All those yeah. are great ways to uh, to make this uh, easier for us to do. Yeah. And if you like this show, you might like our other shows and blogs and the like. So if you mm-hmm. go to duckfeed.tv, it is your source uh, for some very specific things on the Internet. Yep. Your source. It's for not bugs. your source for everything. It's, it's your <laughs> source for, for cum jokes and like six podcasts. You so. know, I've listened to a bunch of other shows and like it seems like, you know, maybe six or seven of the shows I listened to had a similar summer of cum moment. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> drenched. Um, the, uh, yeah. No, no fighting it. No tadpole. Um, yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, they should watch out for the.
the fuck is this Kotaku? Kotaku. Well, it's a website where they talk about video games like they used to back before, you know, games were outlawed. Let me let me take that. Okay. Again. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just because I don't know how or why we'd get out. 